team makes the fewest mistakes will win. Focus, focus and alert. You heard me all day yesterday defensively. Focus, awareness, and be alert. Number two, play the four and make the breaks. When one comes our way, score. Got to take advantage. Nothing's going to be easy. Got to make it happen. Nothing will be easy with this team. Welcome to this special off-season episode of the Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast. I am your producer, Justin Sykes. The fellas are off getting ready for the upcoming season and have been able to sit down with some of the players from the team as they get ready for the season opener. One of these players is sophomore quarterback Gunnar Holmberg. Josh was able to sit down with Gunnar to get his thoughts on the upcoming season. Let's have a listen. We're joined today by Duke quarterback Gunnar Holmberg and Gunnar is no stranger to Duke fans having been in our program now for three years. Uh, he's our projected starter at quarterback leading into our opening game uh, just a few weeks from now in Charlotte. Gunnar, man, we really appreciate you being here uh, with us on the Section 17 podcast. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, look, we're going to just go through, ask you a few questions, man, and, and just have a great conversation today. I guess to start off with, uh, tell us a little bit about growing up, maybe your passion for football. Um, as much as you want to share your move down here to the Triangle area, I believe from the Pittsburgh area, all that, uh, kind of tell us a little bit about your journey uh, to get you to where you are today. Yeah, so first off, I started off, uh, you know, born in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Um, my, my family kind of moved down here as, you know, kind of through my mom um, and some articles talking about, you know, my dad had a, had a brain tumor until I was about, trying to think, in about second or third grade. No, actually, first grade, we moved down here to, uh, to like, the, I guess it'd be the Raleigh area. It was called Lewisburg, a little town in Franklin County. So we lived there for a little bit while my dad was getting treatment at Duke. Um, so that's kind of also where, you know, my familiarity kind of began with Duke um, and kind of being around the campus as a kid and, you know, thinking it looks like Hogwarts and all that stuff. And just think it's a really cool place. Knew it was a great school um, ever since, you know, we moved out here and I was a young guy. Um, and then really just, I, you know, I've been playing football since first grade too. Um, the first year we moved down to North Carolina was the first year I played. Um, and then started off as like a right tackle and receiver. Uh, middle school played some linebacker and, and running back and kind of through those positions. Didn't really start playing quarterback to my eighth grade year. Uh, when I was in middle school was really when that started off. Um, and then kind of through high school, you know, after my freshman year, I got the letter from Duke um, for like, you know, their invite only camp. So I ended up going to that. Ran like a four or five as a freshman, which really kind of kept me on their radar through pretty well. Um, but I think they just saw the potential and, you know, really enjoyed, you know, talking to, to me and my family. And uh, it was very mutual in that aspect. Um, and then ended up, of course, came in my, after my sophomore season, which was early in a lot of people's eyes. But, you know, I knew what I wanted and, and I had it there. So I just kind of went ahead and pulled the trigger. So and, uh, here we are now. So it worked out. Yeah, for sure, man. And, I, you know, in, in multiple sports, uh, we only talk about football. We don't talk about any other sport on this podcast. In our opinion, Duke doesn't have any other sports, but uh, but in the in the recruiting processes, it's always cool for the fans. In my opinion, I think the fans appreciate the early commits. Yeah. I know that guys can that you know we completely respect guys' right to to take it all the way up to the end if they'd like to. Yeah. To me, there's something cool about those early commits. And uh, now, real quick, I'm not sure how much you get back to the Pittsburgh area, but have you mm. have you had a chance to try Promani Brothers? Yes, I thought that we want. I guess it was two Christmases ago was the last time we were up there. Is my is about the time it sounds right to me. And actually, Manning Brothers was indeed one of the spots we went to. 
Uh, big fan. I think my, my whole family is a pretty big fan of that spot. Yeah, that's cool. I, I was able to catch a Pirates game uh, two or three years ago as well there. Oh, cool. Good deal. And, uh, and was able to try that. So it's we'll a very pretty another, stadium, too. Yeah, it's beautiful. We'll get to another uh, food question later on for sure okay, cool. yeah, uh, yeah. In, uh, in, in the podcast. But um, you mentioned being at Heritage, and you guys built an incredible program actually very quickly up there, really. Um, yeah. Several former high school teammates now suit up for other ACC schools, specifically our friends over in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much are you able to keep up with guys like Thayer and Drake Thomas, Ricky Purse, and, and those guys that you went to high school with? Yeah, I keep up with them a lot, actually. Uh, I probably talk to, to Thayer and Drake on a pretty weekly basis, um, just kind of keeping up with them. It was really cool to, you know, play in State for the first time in a while last year um, and kind of say what's up to them pregame. I think it was really cool. Um, we try to hang out. Uh, really as much as much as we can during during COVID I think me and Thayer through you know about three to four times a week just trying to keep each other up um, you know not really miss a beat um, and kind of be there for each other through through all that um, but no we, we keep in touch a lot um, it's definitely one of one of my best friends I'd say with Thayer uh, Drake also um, being a little younger than me and then Ricky and those guys you know try to keep up with as much as possible um, but you know I think you know knowing I've known Thayer and Drake since I was we played Pop Warner together in like middle school. So just kind of a deeper relationship with them. Um, but yeah, of course, when we're not playing for them, I always root for them and watch them too. So it's a good, it's a good relationship. Yeah, that, that's cool. I, I think um, at least for, for us, we kind of, State's kind of like our second, our second kind of team a little bit. Like we, yeah. we're, we're, we're really cool when State, uh, State does well. We're fine with that. Not so mm-hmm. much the guys in Chapel Hill, but definitely yeah. the guys not in Raleigh, like, we're a little more friendly. Exactly. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. Well, look, there's been a couple, at least, well, there's been two specific viral social media posts that have come out uh, the last couple of days from oh, yeah. the football family. So the first one I'm going to ask you about, James Hobson and, Bla- and Josh Blackwell were recording a TikTok video. Yeah. When It looked like out of the blue, Coach Cutcliffe walks up holding, just randomly holding a snake. snake uh, so yeah. what's the details, man? What's the background of that? What was going on? That's a good question. I'm trying to figure out how I missed that because I think I was getting pictures around the same time. Um, but nothing really surprises me when it comes to that. You know, Coach Cut's a very Southern guy. Uh, he probably grew up playing with snakes is kind of my guess down in Alabama. Uh, so probably not as surprising to him as it is other people. Um He's also like in practice played around with like a rubber snake before with us. So I think talking to Josh and uh and Hobson, I think they thought it was fake at first, and then they saw it move. <laughs> I'm off guard. So no, that's funny though. I don't I don't think Coach Cut understands uh, how hot he's been doing on social media lately. Oh but, man, he's killing it. He's definitely yeah. killing it. And then that's funny. The, be- the best one, obviously, you know where we're headed. Oh, without uh, question. Yeah. yeah, Luca, your fellow QB. There dropped an incredible photo of yeah. shirtless players. I think Eli Pancall was in there, Isaiah Fisher Smith, uh, you, by the way, with a chain on, which we got to ask about that. And then Luca. <laughs> yeah. And then there was an addition with like our podcast favorite, Cade Parmalee. Cade, there yeah. was one with him and one without him. Yeah. But there, of course, in the middle was a, I'm calling it a surprisingly ripped <laughs> David Cutcliffe. Uh, so, what's, what has yeah. gotten into Cut? And maybe is he kind of, Thinking back to those Larry Fedora days when Fedora was posting yeah. those pictures, what's you the know, deal? What's going on? That'd, that'd have been a good comparison picture. Uh, we'll have to see that one day. But we were doing a, uh, we do like an Iron Blue Devil shot every year, uh, kind of at the end of the summer. When if you meet like a certain, uh, you know, lifting requirements, like a total weight requirement, um, you can take a picture with your shirt off and kind of get some baby oil on and, and grab like a chain or like a dumbbell for the picture if you want. And so that's where the chain came from for me. And then I think Coach Cut walked by. 
saw us all with our shirts off and decided to, to show us a, a little ab tease. And then he ended up doing the whole thing. And uh, me and Luca just had to take a picture with him. And then slowly but surely, the whole team ended up jumping in of guys who were taking pictures. And uh, yeah, no, it was funny because we had to ask him, you know, of course, permission to, to, to post that potentially. And yeah, uh, there was one where it was just me and Luca and him. And he was like, nah, do one with more people. So it doesn't look like him, you know, making you guys look bad, of course. So <laughs> shout out to him for that. He it, did looked like it, it looked like I gotta he give props. It, it looked very good. Yeah. I was going to say, it looked like he was prepared. Like he was <laughs> manscaped. Like there was not, yeah. not a bit of hair on his body. Like no. my man was like ready for yeah. that. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. He planned exactly. that out very well. Yeah. It's, it's probably a good recruiting tool. You know what I mean? Like 100%. that photo will help for sure. Yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> transitioning a little bit man uh your off season obviously uh, i'm sure you spent some time uh vacationing and doing some different things i think concerts and stuff like that but on the football side uh, tell us about your experience with jake bobo when you guys went to the manning passing academy um yeah. so talk about that generally and then maybe was there someone there that you connected with that you think will maybe help or helped you that week or maybe will help you in the future someone maybe you didn't know that you connected with that week yeah. Uh, so first off, yeah, no, it was a really cool experience. Glad Jake got to go down there with me. His family um, has helped out with that camp a lot. I think when he was growing up, so that kind of helped out and, uh, you know, kind of helping even him give me a heads up of kind of what to expect. Um, just as he had one as a kid, his little brothers went when they were kids and were camp participants and his dad's always been like a coach or a staff on the, uh, the Manning, you know, the Manning Passing Academy, you know, staff there. Um, so that was really cool. Um, very cool to, you know, meet, meet Peyton and Eli. Of course, I've heard a lot about them um, through Coach Cud, and just really cool to kind of see just how similar, you know, they speak about football, that, that, like similar to how Coach Cud does um, and, and a lot of the similarities there. Um, cool to, you know, really represent Duke um, to a bunch of kids. Of course, you know, running stations and, you know, kind of, you know, them asking me a lot of questions and, you know, saying like, oh, dang, I'm going to have to watch, you know, Duke this year just because, you know, we're really tight with you. We, we enjoyed your station and all this stuff. So that was really cool um cool moment for me also you know being with a lot of a lot of the other top quarterbacks there um I think was a really really cool moment just we got to throw a little bit um and just kind of see how you know I really competed with them um and and how you know our, our kind of talents all put up together and just mutual respect I think college quarterbacks have for each other um across the country I think was a cool a cool thing to realize because we all of course see each other over social media and uh and all that stuff so it's really cool to kind of put a face uh to all, to all their names and kind of seeing you know, how they play and, you know, guys that I'll, I'll be able to root for on Saturdays as long as we're not playing them. Um, but it's a good question. I'm trying to think of who really stood out. I mean, just a guy who I, I think, you know, of course, Crosstown rival. Um, I don't think we, we never met before, but just, you know, talking to Sam, I think we, we connected and really hung out a good amount throughout the week. Um, really cool guy, just very, very down to earth. Uh, you can kind of just see his calmness, which is something that I think I try to replicate in my game as well. Um, but no, just cool, dude. Really, really fun to hang out with. And, you know, I think we both have a, a very mutual respect for each other, um, which is really cool to see with, with you know, a cross-town rival like that. Yeah, for sure. We, we don't – we mentioned our disdain for, for those guys down there, but uh, the, the running back duo last year, Javante Williams and Michael Carter, and then yeah. him – there's just some undeniable talent there that we, we definitely, yeah. definitely respect. And like, yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, it's, it's just interesting to have a guy in the ACC coastal that's going to be, you know, talking about in the Heisman trophy race yeah. and all of that, you know, the whole season. And so we're hoping that he hurry up, hurries up and gets out of here and that, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they, yeah. come, they come back down uh, to, to normal level. Yeah. No, no, we've expected, you know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, Fair that's enough. cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, 
No, that's great, man. We actually spoke to Porter Wilson um, a, a little while ago as well. He, he was at a, I believe the Ray guy punting uh, Academy or camp th- this mm-hmm. year too. And just kind of a similar experience that he even mentioned for him. And I don't know if this is the same for you, but just being around those guys, you know, it gives you that confidence that lets you, you yeah. belong and like, I can feel with these guys. And so that's really cool to get out there and, and to, to be around them. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's definitely one of my bigger takeaways from, from the Manning camp too. Cool. So as we move into the season, we know that the last couple of years have been a little frustrating, uh, maybe for uh, for the Duke program even, but maybe even more specifically in the quarterback room. Uh, how have you guys been able to put the past kind of behind you and prepare to lead this team um, in 2021? Yeah, I think uh, I think it starts off by looking at your at yourself as an individual. Um, I think everybody on the team has done that and seeing what you can do to help the team and kind of just – not, not in a selfish way, but of course, you know, we, we've been preaching on selfishness. Um, and that's really what, you know, even talking to guys like Peyton Manning and Coach Cut, that's really what the best teams um, they had found all had in common was a bunch of very talented guys that were unselfish. Um, and I think that's pretty similar to a vibe we're looking at right now um, with this upcoming Duke team. Um, and, and of course, you know, just through the past couple of years for me specifically, just going through an injury, um, you know, going through last year, um, which of course wasn't, you know, the most fun year for any of us. Um, but of course, yeah, just doing a, a deeper look at myself, uh, realizing what I can do better to give, whether that's, you know, give myself confidence or give Coach Cut confidence um, and, and playing me and, and, you know, let me really take the reins. Um, and, and also, you know, it takes a lot of confidence to be a leader of a, of a college football team. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that, you know, the time it took for me to really get here um, has helped me out with a lot. Because I think, you know, my fresh, your freshman year, you're kind of, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed and everything's new to you and kind of scary. Uh, sophomore year, of course, with the injury was kind of tough. But even coming back last year, it was still kind of – things were still not completely clear to me, um, whether that be, you know, kind of the way – I don't know, not necessarily the way the program works, but just kind of the way I, I fit in and how to be, you know, really the best version of myself, which I think throughout spring ball and actually being able to have an offseason here has allowed me to do, um, which I'm, I'm very, you know, excited about and very grateful for. Um, so, yeah, I think that's – the reason I think a lot of guys are going through the same thing too, just being able to have an off season and knowing how big that is for us, you know, being a, you know, technically, you know, developmental program is kind of what we call ourselves and actually being able to develop guys in the spring and summer. Um, so, yeah, I think that that gives the whole team confidence coming in, into this up season, this upcoming season, uh, regardless of what happened last year. Yeah, for sure. There's got to be a sense to, of knowing that, you know, earning this starting job and kind of having that longer leash, you know, I, I, coming from playing football all through high school to then not playing your freshman year, you yeah. know, with the injuries, all that, then this, then last year being weird anyway, like you mentioned, and then yeah. just randomly getting thrown into a certain situation out of the blue, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like now yeah. you kind of know what to expect. Um, and so we're, I can tell you this, man, Duke fans, especially locally, just with you being a local guy, have been kind of waiting for this moment. And you you may have felt it, but, like, yeah. we've just been kind of waiting, like, okay, when, it's gunner time. Like, it's time for him to get yeah. his, his due. And so, you know, I think you're going to you're gonna definitely have the support of the fan base 110%. And I know yeah, it's the coaches too, for sure. Yeah, definitely, um, yeah. So, kind of speaking into that, um, what do you believe? think – well, I'm not sure how much different it will be with you being QB1, but what will a typical game week look like? Thinking through, like, film study, game planning, physical workouts, team stuff, yeah. individual stuff. Kind of walk us through, like, okay, a game ends on Saturday. Like, for you, what is the – what is kind of that Sunday through, you know, Thursday, Friday, whatever? What is that – what is that going to look like this season? Yeah, so I think uh, 
course, after the game, just try and relax as much as possible. Um, you know, hang out with the guys a little bit. Um, kind of, kind of just try to take your mind off it. I think a little bit um, after the game, just kind of enjoy. Well, ideally, a win. Just try and enjoy that and kind of embrace that and let it soak in a little bit. And then Sunday, we'll come in. We'll kind of we'll watch the game film of, of Saturday or Friday, whatever that may be, um, and kind of break that down. See what we did well. See what we did wrong. Um, do a little kind of a run through practice just to, you know, work out a little bit of a, you know, soreness um, or kind of questions that we had or things that we consistently did wrong during the game and just try and kind of iron those things out for the next upcoming week. Cause if, you know, if, whether you lose or win, if you don't learn from it, it's pretty much pointless. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Monday we'll, we'll have the day off, which I'll be in, you know, the Fuqua business school, you know, the grad school this year. So that's going to be a big uh, work day for me, ideally. Um, and then kind of just try and, try and relax a little bit through there, try and, you know, try and find a way to balance, you know, the work through Fuqua and also, you know, trying to get game film. So I go in Tuesday with kind of an idea of what we're going to be told, what our game plan is going to be. Um, come in Tuesday for our practice, which we call Bloody Tuesday, which is really like, you know, really the hardest day of the week, just try and hit the ground running, um, whether that be, you know, a padded practice where guys can hit a little bit because that's the longest recovery you'll have for the rest of the week. Um, and really trying, you know, work. Kind of some of our first and second down ideas um, is what we have done in the past. And try and you know kind of perfect those and iron those out and make that kind of be our, our thought process, especially as a quarterback and you know receivers and the whole offense and defense and just know that that's what we're focusing on that day. Um, and and then Wednesday we'll work a little more third down stuff. Um, that scores a, a big down and wins and loses a lot of games. Um, so we want to put a big priority on that. Um, and then yeah, so Wednesday we'll focus on that. It'll be a little bit of a lighter practice. Um, not not a huge difference though, just because you're getting closer to Saturday, of course. Uh, Thursday, it'll kind of be like a little bit of a run through, um, is, is what we'll do. Um, just kind of, the once again, iron things out, just, you know, the game plan, you should know by now, if they want to add one or two little things and they can do it that day. Um, while, while also kind of clearing up, you know, combining the first, second down and third down ideas, um, and doing that in the film room and really understanding, you know, what we're really trying to get done. And then Friday is pretty much just a walkthrough of, you know, it should be as, as clean as the game should be. You should know pretty much everything you're going to know the next day. Um, nothing's really come as a surprise to you or the coaches of kind of what guys do um, on the field and kind of when they're walking through things. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much the main gist of it. Then Friday night we'll go to the hotel, um, have a little bit of meetings again there, um, try and just relax as much as possible and, you know, just kind of really trying to enjoy and embrace the moment. I, I think I think it's the biggest thing once you get to that day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just a follow-up to that, man. Like, I know that that, that the, the team likes to play in front of the home fans and whatnot, but is there is there – somewhat of an advantage to the road trips is there something that maybe getting away and like traveling and then coming to a location is there something about that that might even help the focus or might even help the mentality a little bit um you know like i said i know i know playing at home is one thing and it's awesome but what's the difference there between a, a home weekend and a road weekend yeah i think uh i think it's just a little bit of maybe a cooler just kind of a cooler all-around deal for some guys, you know, because there's a lot of guys that haven't really been able to travel much, just, you know, given their home situations, per se, or some guys, you know, their freshman year is really their first time being on an airplane whenever we go to an away game, um, which I think just, I don't know, makes them feel maybe a little more, like, professional, a little more business-like, um, helps them maybe embrace the situation a little more and kind of what we're getting into. And, um, I don't know, there's also kind of just the aspect of coming in and trying to, you know, ruin your party. I think it's kind of a fun deal for mm-hmm. Something we've taken pride in, um, just you know, ever since I've really been at Duke, um, and you know, beating guys like Virginia Tech at their own spot in Miami, 
um, on their home field um, has been really cool and something that, you know, being like a road warrior is kind of what we call ourselves once, once it comes to that situation. Um, but yeah, I think just total aspect, it gives you a lot more time to hang out with your guys, um, whether that's on a bus or on a plane. Um, and also just, you know, really lets you think about how cool college football is and how cool this whole <laughs> is and, you know, just how, you know, you're just like a 20 year old kid and you get like police escorts to a stadium. It's just you know, a really cool deal. Um, I think so that's probably why guys get a little more, a little more juiced up or kind of enjoy that a little bit more. Yeah, that, that, that's cool. As a fan, I've not been able to do much of the, of the visiting, uh, being there at a, at a away game, but I was able to land um, uh, box seats at Virginia Tech on the Thomas Cert game, the like four Wait, Oh, game. yeah, the 4 yeah. And that was, uh, that was pretty incredible. That's awesome. I, yeah. I did figure out about halfway through the game that I was sitting next or right beside the associate AD for Virginia Tech <laughs> the whole time. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I, wa- I walked out of there with my head held uh, yeah. very high for yeah, sure. Yeah, you got your money's worth. Yeah, it's big. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> kind of talking through your, your game planning and kind of uh, getting ready for, for games, uh, having Coach Ferris now at the helm of the offense mm-hmm. will be a change moving into this season. What are some of the things that maybe he's brought to the offseason that you think will show up in positive ways um, on the field for the offense this year? Yeah, I think just he's a very, very positive guy, um, a very intelligent guy, you know, guy that's, you know, played under Coach Cut, has been here at Duke football for a while, um, has, really, has never really has never really left. Um, so he's been within the system for a while. You know, he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows the offense. He's been here, you know, in 2013 and 2012 and, and all those years, whenever, they, you know, they had really good years and kind of started to kind of Duke football and make their mark, really. Um, so he's seen that. Um, just a very positive guy, somebody I know I can come to if I don't if I don't like a play or if I have a question at like midnight on a Thursday, I can call him and I know who answer and be very happy to talk to me um, through through whatever I need. Um, also a guy who, you know, has had us over at his house a good amount. You know, he's very welcoming. Um, once a big family feel, um, I think, throughout the offense and the entire team. Um, yeah, and just a guy who always has the door open, always has his phone, you know, ready for if you have any questions or if you need anything and, and just – you know, throughout the offense, you know, him and, him and Coach Boyette, you know, being co-OCs and being, you know, best friends even off, off the field with those two guys and have been around to, uh, each other for a really long time in this program. I think it, they're taking a lot of pride in this and they, they, they know, you know, kind of just the whole aspect of all this and not really taking it for granted and, you know, really giving it all they got. And Ferris is, you know, really a first guy in, first guy, I mean, last guy out um, t- type of person, just a really hard worker and, you know, everybody respects him. Um, we, we know he knows what he's doing, especially me, just putting my trust in him and, you know, just know we're in this together. I think it's going to be a really fun time. Yeah, that, that's great. I think the fan base was excited about that move and mm-hmm. and uh, and looking forward to that. Kind of on that uh, leading in, how important is the offensive line play to both you guys in the quarterback room as well as to the success of Mateo and Jordan and the other running backs? Mm-hmm. Specifically, uh, the, how is getting Jack Wallaba back? Um, on that offensive line, I feel like that there was a lot of com- complexities last year yeah. that led to what happened. But man, if it didn't get started off on the wrong foot by losing yeah. that guy, so yeah. how how awesome is it to have that guy back and kind of talk about the offensive line a little bit? Yeah, no, it's big time. You know, it makes you know me as a quarterback, and I'm sure Teo and all the running backs very happy to have him back. He's been you know the anchor um, of that O line for a while now. You know, when he's been healthy, and even when he's hurt, you know, he's always you know in there whether he's great in the film with Coach Fry, watching other guys or just being out there on the field, coaching them up. Um, he's been a big part of our program, especially that O-line for, for the past three years now, um, going on his fourth, I believe. 
Um, but no, yeah, I mean, it just also helps everybody else fall into place. You know, let's Graham Barton play left tackle for us, which is something that we recruited him for. You know, I think the last thing he ever expected was to be a center for us as a true freshman. And, you know, even, you know, Will Taylor um, was a great leader for us, the guy that, you know, just unfortunately dealt with injuries, but you know, one of my best friends, um, somebody who I think everybody respects going through adversity, but, you know, I think having Willowball back just really helps, you know, everything else, you know, fall into place. It gives us, you know, a little bit more sense of comfort um, and, and consistency there. Um, and also just, you know, gives, you know, the rest of the O-line confidence knowing they have, you know, just a, an older guy in the middle that knows what he's doing. If you have any questions um, and just, you know, a very consistent and a good football player to be around. Yeah. He's part of that uh, pipeline that we kind of created from Columbus yeah. uh, of guys. And, and he, he, you know, definitely uh, made his mark. And so, you know, we're happy, happy to have him back. Yeah. For no, sure. Is there, is there a game coming up this season? I know we don't, NC state is not on the schedule. Um, so is there a game this season? Obviously every game's important. Every game's a win. I get that. I get all yeah. the, the interview speak of like, yeah, we're going to take it <laughs> one game at a time. I get that. Yeah. But is there a game as you look at the schedule? Cause I've got one, but is there a game when you look at the schedule that you're like, okay, this game is key. Not that if we lose the game, the season's over, but yeah. as, as you look at the schedule, is there one game that kind of stands out to you? Yeah, I think, uh, it's hard to not say UNC. Um, I think that's one that kind of just pops into my mind. But I think from a, a program standpoint, I think I think games like UVA and Pitt, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think in my mind a little bit more UVA. I think those are two teams that we haven't beaten in a while. And we probably, you know, a lot of respect to them. They're, they're a great team. But, you know, just kind of the, the way those games have been played out, I don't think we've ever put our, our best foot down against them. And I think that's something that we all look forward to doing this year um, and, and really just knowing that, Everyone in the Coastal is very important. Um, everyone in the ACC is very important. Um, I think from a talent level, that's a team that pairs up well with us. Um, I think a team that you know we're, we could beat every year um, hasn't really gone our way in the past. Same with same with Pitt um, and those type of teams. Um, but just been, I've always been close games. You know, very very gritty team playing them. Um, but I think you know now we kind of have the just based on the way we've worked this offseason, we kind of have the confidence and also grittiness to know and, and, and toughness throughout kind of the whole team to know we can we can stick it to them um, and continue to have a hard-nosed game with them and really, you know, kind of get, get our win that we haven't gotten in a while. I think it'll be a really fun game for us. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, man, just two more two more questions. These are kind yeah. of non-football related, man. So, like, just go with okay. us however you want to, all right? Um, if, if, if the four of us and the other guys are not on the screen, but we all haven't missed a meal in a while all right so if 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 our podcast guys were taking if we were going out and grabbing dinner somewhere local man give us maybe one or two three local food spots that 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 are just can't miss Uh, we've done some other interviews and we've had the same one spot has been has been every time but and and it's it's good uh you know yeah i wonder if i might hit it my first one uh let's see someone probably be head bus that's it dude three for three yeah okay that's what i'm saying (laughs) I was like, it sounds like the one that would actually probably hit around the nose. But yeah, head buffs is, is definitely my spot. Uh, but and now they have the now you can eat in. Now they get the yeah. I was about to say, that was right. That was right next to my old apartment, so that was <laughs> that was always a good spot for me to go to. Um, very consistent, very good. Uh, their fries are really good too. On top of the, of course, the wings. Um, I'm trying to think. Any really any Mexican spot around here? I I am a big fan of. Um, I'm terrible at thinking of those type of names off the top of my head. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, when you say Mexican places, you're talking about like kind of Tex-Mex, right? Like they bring you the chips yeah. and salsa. Yeah. Right. yeah so yeah, like yeah. there's some there's some legit authentic places too. Where yeah. Like, 
If you don't speak yes. fluent Spanish, you're not getting your order you correct. You have a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's some of those too. But yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of Mexican places around here for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, I think those would probably be my top two just because every time me and my roommates go out to eat, we always say like, like these are summer kind of random. We always end up at a Mexican restaurant. So uh, gotcha. Now, have you done Cosmic? Have you done Cosmic? L9 Street? Cosmic Cantina? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been Cosmic. Good. Yeah, it's solid. Yeah, very good yeah. spot. For like sure. Cool, man. Last question then. Um, uh, actually, Brian, real quick, has got one he wants to add in and throw in. Go ahead, yep, dude. Sir. Hey, hey, Gunner. Um, you might not know this, but as you can see behind me, I've got some of the special helmets that the teams have worn in the past few years. Yeah. And – I, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, but I'm kind of like the uniforms are with Duke football. Very I give cool. uh, the yeah. equipment staff uh, a hard time. Yeah. I don't know if you can say anything, if you know anything. Are there any surprises that might be on the field this year with as far as uniforms, helmets go? That is a good question. So they just gave us our, our black jerseys to keep. So uh, I think – the- keep. Oh. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if they renewed them or if they got a different – I think they might have just got new ones. Um, See, I, I hope so because that's my. I love the I black. Like, I like the black. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, I think. Okay, good. You guys like them too, so I'd be surprised if they did anything different with those. Um, but that does lead to to a good idea. I don't, I'm not sure what me and me and the other guys have talked about it ever since they gave those to us. Whether that means we're getting like totally new ones, or maybe like bring the gray ones out again at some point this year because I'm a big. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, I don't know. They 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 do a very good job of keeping that stuff low key. But we'll keep our fingers crossed for sure. Yeah, yeah. We're I think I think we're all kind of fans of like like the consistency. Like we like the icy yeah. whites, like the white from head to toe, the blue yeah. from head to toe, or yeah. the black from head to toe. You know what I mean? Like those are cool. Or even like throwing in the uh, hey, Hellraiser. Cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like the old school stuff too. I have the Hellraiser flag in my room. Back in yeah. my, I'm a big fan of that one. Yeah, or even like throwing that script out with the black with the black helmet with like the blue script or something, man. That yeah, would, you know, I think, I think the scripts know. will definitely be around a lot this year. So. Now that you're a grad, you're like, you know, QB1 grad, grad student, man, you got to be like, listen, guys, I've got to have a little bit more say in how we look on the field. You know, we can't be doing yeah, this. I think, you know, I think it's usually that the captains have a little bit of a say. So there you go. There you go. If, if cool. you need any input, let me know, please. I will. I'll give, I'll give you the heads up. <laughs> cool, man. And then last question. We have asked this to every interview that we've had, whether it be uh, former player, current player. Uh, share something unique about Coach Cutcliffe that most Duke fans may not know. So we've gotten things, and this is not the exhaustive list. We've gotten things like he's a dancer, which we had seen that on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Dave, Dave Harding shared that he made some killer homemade ice cream. Um, we've had them talk about uh, like just randomly going and playing golf at Augusta with Peyton Manning, things like yeah. that. Like what's something about Coach Cut that maybe like the, the normal average may not know? Now we know he's real. So yeah, I know. I can't say that. That's, that was the first one. <laughs> I'd probably just say even outside of football, he's extremely, extremely competitive. Because uh, even going down to like the Peyton Manning camp and getting to talk to Peyton, who was talking crap about his golf game, actually. Um, I came back and passed the message along to Coach Cut. And he got just instantly just like fired up. And he was like, You said that? And like, just like talking crap to him. He was like, You telling me, you know, kiss my aunt and all that. <laughs> it was funny. But yeah, no, he was getting right to it. Um, yeah, no, just a very competitive dude, I think, which helps us all kind of instill it into us too. So no, it's funny though. It's funny to watch sometimes. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, look, man, we appreciate you taking some time with us. Yeah. And, uh, and we can't wait to see you lead our team uh, this year on the field. Obviously, as I mean, a local guy, man, it just means a little bit more, I think, to the local fan base. And I know mm -hmm. there, our fan base is, is not just local, but for the local guys, are really excited yeah. about you kind of taking the helm there. And we really appreciate you joining us uh, for the Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast. Appreciate you guys.